Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business. Happy International Women's Day, Startup Canadians, and welcome to a very special edition of the Startup Canada podcast. My name is Victoria Lennox. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Startup Canada, standing in today for Rivers Corbett. I'm joined by two amazing people today who are raising the bar for gender parity and inspiring women across the country to unleash their inner entrepreneur. My first guest today is Marissa McTasney. Marissa is Startup Canada's 2016 Women Entrepreneurship Ambassador and co-founder of Startup Durham Region and the founder of Moxie Trades, a multi-million dollar business and the most recognized brand for women's safety footwear in Canada. Marissa has championed women entrepreneurs to media, industry and government and has played a key role in adjudicating Startup Canada's Women Entrepreneur of the Year Award and our Women's Founder Fund. In January, Marissa made national headlines as she led the Canadian Women's March to Washington, D.C. to show solidarity of equality, diversity, and inclusion globally. Also joining us is serial entrepreneur Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency, a boutique company with trusted advisors offering customized breakthrough ideas in entrepreneurship and business strategy, and co-author of the most important national study of women entrepreneurs and their approach to risk that was released last year. She co-founded This Space Works, and WXN recognized her as one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women for four years in a row, and now she has been inducted into the W. WXN Hall of Fame in 2016. She has leadership training from Harvard University and is a member of the Women's Leadership Board at Harvard Kennedy School. Janice is a trusted advisor and strategist, a TEDx speaker, and is currently the host of our new show, Startup Canada Live, which airs every Thursday at noon on Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube. Today, we are so proud to announce Janice as our 2017 Ambassador for Women Entrepreneurship. This year, in this role, Janice will be a voice to industry, government, and the media on issues related to women entrepreneurs and will inspire national action to support women entrepreneurs and business leaders to scale to new heights. Welcome to the show, Janice and Marissa. So let's begin with the first question. I mean, Marissa, Janice, like set the stage for us. What's the state of women entrepreneurship in Canada? How are we doing? Doing. So Janice, over to you. Well, I'm very hopeful for the state of women entrepreneurship in Canada. Canadian uh, Canadian women entrepreneurs contribute billions of dollars annually to the Canadian economy. And um, as I went across the country with my partner, Claire Becton, uh, working on our national study on women entrepreneurs and their approach to risk, I heard amazing stories and saw firsthand uh, remarkable women growing businesses, starting businesses. And uh, so I'm very hopeful and and I think our current state is strong. That's great. What about you, Marissa? I absolutely agree. And I think now that entrepreneurship is a hot buzzword and there's a lot of foundations that we can build on, like the resources of Startup Canada, what we're seeing is people are now, there's role models. So people are starting to pave the way for others to come up. And so I, I know a lot of people have been influenced um, and being mentored by some of those other successful female entrepreneurs. And I think people are excited. They see the possibilities um, and the guidance is there. So people are making it happen. 
Look, you're both successful entrepreneurs. And when we talk about the state of entrepreneurship for women in Canada, it's very hopeful. You know, how is it different from even a decade ago? What differences do you see? Well, I can jump in. Uh, when I started straight out of grad school uh, with my first business, uh, you didn't start up. You just opened up. <laughs> so I think that's maybe a primary difference. Uh, there wasn't a big startup community and there wasn't the kind of ecosystem uh, available, particularly for young entrepreneurs. Um, and I would say in some senses, uh, my partner and I, we were more of an anomaly. So people didn't really see it to the same degree as uh, an exciting path way forward. I certainly have no regrets. Uh, it's been a wonderful uh, career for me. And um, following up on Marissa's comment, I think that when other people have role models to look up to and to mm -hmm. see people uh, heading down a path that maybe they hadn't considered before, but they can now see you know, and, and hear other people's stories, that to me is really positive and exciting. Yeah, right on. What about you, Marissa? What's been the biggest changes that you've seen? I think that we're actually talking about it, mm. you know, because of the digital era, we're actually able to share information faster and quicker. And through these podcasts and web videos and online training, these resources can be shared now um, within seconds. And so when people have an idea, people are riddled with ideas. Um, even myself, people are always saying to me, have you ever thought of this? <laughs> now it's all possible. Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest differences is people can, you know, make their widget and there's a path to find out how to do it and then bring it to life. For instance, in my own business, I use technology. It, it runs my business. A lot of your partners um, at Startup Canada help me run my business and I import from overseas and I don't have to make my work boots. There's a whole production line that mm. helps me bring it to life and ship it to my customers. Yeah. So Marissa, that's amazing. And uh, technology definitely speeds access and opens up opportunities. Now you're passing the torch on March the 8th uh, to uh, Janice as Startup Canada's Women Ambassador. We had such a great year together last year. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's crazy. And uh, I'm so excited to have Janice join the team. What were your highlights from last year? What were your learnings? I definitely loved being part of uh, Startup Day on the Hill, and that's certainly one of the biggest highlights for me. And I have this beautiful drawing. I'm looking at, at it in front of me from the AHA graphic facilitation. So one of the um, wonderful opportunities I had was to host a policy hackathon on women entrepreneurship. And I think it's the engagement and the discussions of where we are today and where we need to go tomorrow that has been the most exciting for me. And I'm seeing the changes. I mean, you know, I used to think, man, I'm tired of talking about it. When is it actually going mm -hmm. to happen? But we can also make it happen for ourselves. And so I think that's what I'm starting to see is women are taking those tools and making it happen for themselves. We don't need to wait for anybody. We can do it ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Victoria, I want to jump in and ask Marissa, what are, what are some of the changes that you've seen even in the last year? Well, um, in the last year, I was very encouraged to see an additional $50 million being funded by the BDC, further to their mm -hmm. previous announcement, but that money was specifically allocated for growth companies, uh, women entrepreneurs in the tech space. Mm 
And so as I was doing work a couple of years ago, I had realized it's that growth capital that is so important to all entrepreneurs and specifically women because they don't have the access to capital or necessarily the credit in order to be able to grow their businesses. And that's where I imagine the greatest mm, failures mm. are because you're successful. You, you know, you have employees, you have customers and you're in a cash flow crunch, mm-hmm. but you've got a proven business. So I was excited to see that injection of cash that was uh, announced. I believe it was November 9th. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's a real tangible asset that I think, you know, I, I've witnessed in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. And you see more yeah. and more financial institutions waking up uh, to the opportunity of serving women entrepreneurs and seeing it as not a risk, but actually an investment in a sustainable small business and scaling business. So we're seeing the whole industry really wake up to that opportunity. Marissa, over the last year, during your your ambassadorship uh, of women's entrepreneurship, we also uh, had in tandem a new government come into play uh, where we had 50-50 parity uh, on uh, on the cabinet uh, for Prime Minister Trudeau. What what difference do you think that has made and how has your political engagement through Startup Canada, you know, helped to uh, advance women entrepreneurship? I think a couple of the, the greatest things that I've seen uh, and even more res- recently since the U.S. election is the definition of the word feminist is becoming way more mainstream and it means equality. And that is because of Prime Minister Trudeau. And just the reflection of what he's done with our cabinet is sending the world a message of equality. And those two things alone, the, the use of that word feminist and the representation of our Canadian government has been critical to the messaging worldwide. It really has been. And it really is about passing the torch. But feminism being uh, equated to equality uh, is definitely a step in the right direction. Now, Janice, Mm -hmm. welcome to the Startup Canada team. You're the new Startup Canada ambassador for women's entrepreneurship. Huge shoes to fill. (laughs) Pink work boots to fill. (laughs) I'll get you some. I'll get you some. Don't worry. Thank you. You heard it here first. (laughs) So, you know, Janice, this is uh, not, not a small undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a volunteer undertaking. Startup Canada is a community of entrepreneurial mm-hmm. volunteers. Um, and so what do you hope to achieve over the next year with the platform of Startup Canada? What's your vision for the next 12 months? Sure. Thank you. Well, uh, one of the things that has inspired me, actually, uh, the first time that I met Marissa, she had her young daughter with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, isn't that wonderful to bring young women along on the journey and see and meet and talk and understand and not only, you know, I'm, I'm sure she already knew, Marissa, what you were doing on a daily basis, but to see it in a in a wider um, context at the, I think it was Startup Canada Day on the Hill last year. And um, so I think, you know, the, the whole notion of role modeling and mentoring is critical and has been a, a, a ribbon throughout my whole career. And I think it is so essential uh, to, you know, have a, a shine a light forward for others and also to be, if you are uh, ahead and you're ahead even just because you you've been in the game longer, <laughs> you know, just to be able to say, hey, keep coming in this direction. It's <laughs> it's okay. In fact, it's wonderful. Um, if I think about sort of the big ideas uh, for me, the the possibilities building on uh, the wonderful start that Marissa, um, you know, started and, and accomplished, uh, I 
to me, one of my favorite words is collaboration. And Mm. I think if we look at the way forward in terms of what's possible for Canadian women entrepreneurs, not only across the country, but as they turn their gaze outward uh, to a global market, it really is about uh, coming together and sharing knowledge, as Marissa talked about, whether that's... um, immediately accessible through things like this podcast and technology, et cetera, but also our wisdom and our expertise. And I think when we come together and we find ways to collaborate with the whole ecosystem, because that's the other thing that's exciting. And so many times uh, entrepreneurs, but I would say uh, in particular women entrepreneurs have unique challenges uh, if if, for example, they tend to be uh, parents, um, but also often they have caregiving responsibilities for their own parents. So, you know, they, they have a lot on the go. Um, not to say our male counterparts don't, to be clear, but um, it's a unique situation. And so um, coming together and collaborating and sharing information when typically we're focused a lot uh, on working in our business and sometimes we need to, you know, step back and work on the business. And so being able to access resources and, um, you know, all, all the things that are available in the ecosystem, that to me would be very exciting because the transfer and sharing of knowledge is critical. Um, you know, when Marissa talked about this new growth capital that's available, well, you know, do enough and all of our women entrepreneurs know about this and yeah. do they understand how to access it and what it actually means and how it can transform their business. And so, you know, I, I'm very much about obviously collaboration, but also um, the real kind of practical side of it. Like, what do you need to grow your business, <laughs> you know, and how can we um, bring that all together and make sure that you're getting everything that you need? Because we tend to be, even though we're community minded uh, as entrepreneurs, we are very focused on a daily basis on uh, growing, starting and growing our business. So that's, um, you know, big buzzword to me would be collaboration. Well, it will be the year of collaboration. That's for sure. What do you think about that, Marissa, based on your work across Canada on national panels advocating for Canadian entrepreneurs in the U.S. and here at home in Canada? What do you think about that mandate, a mandate for collaboration for the year? I, you know what, I think it's absolutely essential and it's exactly the way that we need to go. I think one of the more specific things as it pertains to women entrepreneurs is the women's enterprise centers. Mm -hmm. Um, Right across Canada, there's these centers, but they don't all offer the same services and we can even um, push them out to even offer more than they're offering today. So I would really encourage um, a national platform for those women's enterprise centers And as well, we need to start collaborating with our U.S. uh, counterparts um, and build stronger relationships so that we can start having international businesses. Mm -hmm. The numbers are not reported on how many women entrepreneurs are exporting. Um, But with our partner to the south, it is not that difficult and we can make it happen and we can grow really strong, sustainable businesses. So I think the collaboration across the country and also south of the the border are really important this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think collaboration as an activity, as a platform, but really as a value. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it is it doesn't require anybody to do anything, but to to commit to it. So as an entrepreneur, I put my hand in ladies and (laughs) I say, I I commit to collaboration and I look forward to uh, working together. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right on. Exactly. Well, you know, to me, it's it's very... 
it's very exciting about what's possible when we come together, That's right. you know, so uh, in, in every sense of the way. So imagining that, you know, what Marissa is mentioning about companies growing and exporting, that's pretty exciting. And how do we even get women and their businesses starting to think in that direction as an example? So that's about coming together, sharing information, understanding, you know, what's access to capital. Yes, there's growth capital available. Yes, uh, you know, our trade commissioners can give you tons of amazing help, you know, all of these kind of things that are available. But um, perhaps as an entrepreneur, you, you're you unaware of it. And so I think that notion of collaboration can be that ribbon that kind of brings everybody together. It really does. Now, an ambassador for Startup Canada has a very public role. Um, it's, a, it's a role not, not, not lightly given. And so, Marissa, over the, last, uh, over the last year with Startup Canada and with your wonderful movement uh, to promote women uh, across the world, um, you've been a media spokesperson. Um, you've also been an advocate to government and to industry. You know, why is it so important that women use media platforms and other platforms to make Make a change. It's you know what women need to see role models. Our next generation needs to see role models doing it for them, leading the way, and also failing. We also have to show our failures mm-hmm. and that we're not perfect, but we go ahead and we do it anyway. Because then somebody can look at you and say, you know what, if she can do it. I can do it as well. And the conversation, we need to be able to sit around the dinner at home. That's, to me, the best Mm. mentorship you can do is be a role model to your kids um, and the next generation around the the dinner table. And so when you're out there in the public and people are seeing you in the news, they start talking about it at home. And I can see the immediate impact just in my little community um, and my daughter and her friends and it's becoming the norm. So I think we have to keep talking about the stereotypes that we're breaking so that it becomes the norm. Wouldn't it be wonderful that we don't need this conversation in 10 years or 20 years? That would be my goal. Or sooner. Is that what <laughs> Or sooner, yes. Yeah, you know. Well, 10 that's my goal. That's when my daughter's going to be an adult. Both of my I kids will it. be in university. So I've got nine years to go. You've got um, a lot of work to yeah, do, Marissa. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. But I, I just really think the messaging and sharing and being open with the messaging and and failing in front of others is what we can all really learn from. You know, one of the most empowering messages from your time as women's uh, ambassador to Startup Canada was really your message, Marissa, and it will uh, always have a legacy and will always be a permanent feature of Startup Canada is really the concept of find one, be one. And what I love about this is that we're talking about mentorship. It keeps coming up over and over. Um, it's really about, yes, uh, find a mentor, um, but you can be a mentor at any stage. Mm-hmm. There's always someone that you can lift up and to support. So again, what I love about these messages of find one, be one and collaboration is that we can begin implementing it through just changing our, our viewpoint and mindset right away. And today, after listening to this podcast, we can all go find a mentor and be a mentor and we can commit to a culture of collaboration. So I just wanted to thank you for that because it's really helped to shift our organization and empower everybody to give back and pay it forward in in new ways. So thank you so much for that, Marissa. Wonderful. I'm so glad. Thank you. 
I think it's also important to recognize and, and why it's so significant um, that mentorship isn't something that you have to wait to be at a certain stage mm. in your career. <laughs> you know, that, um, you know, a second year student can mentor a first year student or a high school student and on and on and on it goes. So mm -hmm. there's no, um, you know, specific finish line that you have to cross before you're able to share your time, talents and wisdom. And so I think that's also part of that mind shift is realizing that you have things to offer and to contribute and get to it and <laughs> <to> start <laughs> doing it. <laughs> yes, for sure, Janice. Mm. And you yourself, you've been a strong advocate for women uh, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do you plan to leverage this platform that we're building with Startup Canada, with all of the startup communities across Canada, mm. our partnerships and relationship with government and with industry to really cr use this platform to to raise women? Mm -hmm. Well, I think I have to do some more thinking on that because it is a, a really huge opportunity and um, I need to get a greater sense of all the different ways that you know, we can make change and advocate for change and encourage change and also, um, you know, link it into what we were just talking about, Marissa's big idea around mentorship, which is really important. And we know that organizations um, that support mentorship see and, and have mentors, you know, companies that have mentors, they thrive and they it's truly a protective factor. And I'm always interested to talk to entrepreneurs to understand, do you have a mentor? <laughs> you know, how is that playing into your business? Because it can be a lonely pursuit, especially at the startup phase, but frankly, all the way along, because um, there's this sense somehow that you um, start a business and then you have all the answers. Now, you can't possibly have all the answers, but the answers are out there if you want to be open. So I think that's the first thing you have to be mm -hmm. open. And secondly, willing to ask for the help you need. And so, again, you know, connecting, collaborating, putting your hand up and um, but also being aware. This is the other thing. What is available to you in the ecosystem? And where can you find the help that you need to assist you in growing your business? So those are, you know, I, I still have thinking to do, actually. I wish <laughs> I, I could tell you, Victoria, I have all the answers yet. But, um, you know, I'm following on the heels of Marissa. I got to go away and do some homework. You know? <laughs> well, Marissa, Marissa actually created an ebook last year all about finding a mentor and being a mentor. So, Marissa, how had that made an impact? Like how what, what's been the impact of, you know, that ebook and uh, undertakings? You know what? It's been pretty neat. We've even yeah. shared um, the ebook through, uh, and we've shared it all through the website, the Startup mm -hmm. Canada website. Um, but it's gone global um, as part of my efforts on the Women's March, and mm -hmm. I'm on the global team hey, trying right. to figure out how we keep moving these policies and and movement forward. Mm -hmm. we've actually started sharing this. My baby, as you guys know, has been economic prosperity. And I think mm -hmm. if women were more economically strong, the world would certainly be a better place. How mm -hmm. could it not be? Mm -hmm. um, and we've shared this globally. So I've shared it with colleges and universities. And I've said, you know, how can we modify this to suit your needs? And nobody's wanted to touch a thing. Um, one of the things I think in the um, mentorship guide, whether people are printing it off and filling in every single line, one of the things that I've recommended is knowing your value system and aligning your mentorships accordingly. So that even in your personal life, you have family mentors, mm -hmm. um, you have legacy mentors, so that whatever is important to you, you're finding those people around you that support mm -hmm. that value. Mm -hmm. You cannot talk to a money person about legacy or a <laughs> career person 
you know, uh, necessarily about a family issue if we don't have those same values. So that's something that I've personally done. So I tap into the, the right resources for the crisis I might be having at the time. And I think that's been helpful for people to realize it also doesn't have to be extremely formal. A lot of my mentors, they don't even know my they're my mentors. You know, I didn't want to scare them off at the get-go. So they don't even know. Um, but when you, you need to tap into a certain resource, then, you know, make sure you have a team of people. And I literally have their faces there beside those values or their names. Really? And I've assigned rules to some of those values. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I went through the exercise myself three years ago, trying to find out what are the rules. So I have my values. I have my mentors, and then I've assigned rules to those values. So for instance, family is number one for me. So what are my rules to maintain that that is always my number one priority? Well, I don't travel more than one week a month. I volunteer at the school, every Mm -hmm. single volunteer opportunity I have. Um, And I have dinner six out of seven nights a week with my family, unless of course I'm running around driving them to sports, but I've done that. It makes it a lot easier to say Mm -hmm. no to the things that are important to you. And it's black and white. If you down, it's black and white. So it makes it easier for time management, especially for entrepreneurs that are on the go 24 seven and we never shut it off. Mm -hmm. One of the things I would add, and it's sort of coming at it a slightly different way, but I, I agree that the values piece is critical because if you, the more things in your life you can automate, (laughs) you know, the better, right? You're not having to decide, oh, is this important to me or is it not? You've already, you know, as Marissa outlined, figured out what your values are and how you want to live. So that's amazing. One of the things that I think is critical for entrepreneurs to have in, well, frankly, all of us, but really in in particular for entrepreneurs is to have uh, one or two truth tellers in their inner circles, you know, (laughs) because um, it's very easy, especially when you're the boss to everybody say, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. And then when something, uh, you know, goes, (laughs) goes haywire later on, people will say, yeah, I really didn't think it was a good idea. (laughs) You know, so you kind of want to hear those, um, some of those thoughts early on. Um, because I think that gives you a more fulsome kind of perspective, whether or not you heed it is obviously your own choice, but to make sure that you're getting um, all kinds of ideas forward, I think is really important. And whether that is through, often it is a mentor who's willing to ask you some of the tough questions, mm-hmm. like, why are you doing that? And, you know, et cetera. Um, but I think having that that sort of someone or, or a few people in your life that are willing to perhaps challenge you and not in a way that's going to overwhelm you, but at least will get you thinking about your strategy and, and the path ahead can be, I think, very important. I think that's great advice, Janice, um, and I, some of my mentors as well. I find that's where I really get that kind of external, objective point of view mm-hmm. that helps you to open up your mind and really consider things. Now, given that we're talking about mentorship, Marissa, you know, what's your mentorship or what's your mentoring? What's your piece of advice that you have for Janice in her new role? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what advice would you give oh, Janice? Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. I don't have any <laughs> advice for Janice. Janice is the, the pro at mentorship. Um, I want you know, advice, listening Marissa. and learning ourselves is probably one of I the greatest gifts I've received in the last, last year. Yeah. Keep going. I want you to keep going. You're not off the hot seat <laughs> oh yet. Um, um, you know, how can she really no, leverage really... this platform, Marissa? You know, um, you know, as a past, uh, 
ambassador, you know, how can she learn from your experiences? You know, really, it's been that collaboration, connecting and the engagement. I mean, that's what I've really felt over the last year is connecting with our community and listening and growing together. And Janice really brings an amazing, intelligent, wise group, uh, a network with her. And so Janice will be an amazing asset um, because I know she's going to connect to everybody and continue to share resources and Janice knows what she's doing. She doesn't need any advice from me. Well, I always welcome advice. So you can expect some phone calls, Marissa. (laughs) Now what do I do? Um, You know what, though? I do have a question for you. What are you hearing from the community? So what, you know, what what are some of the surprising things that have come forward, whether it's issues or questions or ideas that maybe you weren't expecting? Um, I don't know if there's anything that you'd be surprised at because I know you've done a lot of research in Canada, but I am still hearing about access to capital, mm-hmm. uh, childcare. Those are the mm-hmm. two things that keep coming up in various areas of economic prosperity, not just within women's entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um, but the access to childcare, I think, is a very high priority. And I was, as I was looking at my AHA graphic from the Policy Hackathon, it's it was another um, affirmation that that was on our list. And you know, I think back to the struggles I've had as an entrepreneur. My goodness, those early days, mm-hmm. the things I did to run my business mm-hmm. with my kids in the backseat, yeah. in the car, you know, <laughs> driving through Tim Hortons, putting movies on, <laughs> making conference calls while they were asleep. It was such a challenge. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me at the time that maybe there should be some alternatives so that I could build a business. Um, and I think that's a huge challenge for women in particular, um, because they take that time in Canada with having a year off to reevaluate their schedules and, you know, what success mm-hmm. looks like to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that that was, that was really a strong, um, factor in women starting business. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I can share. I see that, that question pop up, and you know, I I just don't like that B word. I got to tell you, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I just following up on what you were talking about the um, as we went across the country uh, with our research, hearing about the challenges that women entrepreneurs have faced in terms of access to capital was quite consistent. And of course, access to capital is challenging for any business that goes without saying, but recognizing that we heard a lot of stories and there is a movement to get this right, or at least improve the situation, obviously how it links to, you know, the economy as a whole, we want women owned businesses growing and thriving and hiring people and, you know, boosting their community, all of these things make uh, obvious sense. But um, remembering that, therefore, they need, they need access to capital is part of that piece. And, you know, just last week, I was at a um, at an event uh, for women entrepreneurs, and I was highlighting some of the findings and talked about the challenge of access to capital. And was it, it was a little bit disheartening that I was hearing from uh, quite successful women coming forward and telling me their stories that, of course, echoed uh, things that we had highlighted in our findings that 
you know, the challenge remains. And um, so on some level, there still is unconscious bias playing out. And um, but, you know, the the good news is there's a lot of people interested in um, seeing this improve. So I, you know, overall, I remain very hopeful that women entrepreneurs will find uh, greater opportunities as they go forward. And Janice, can you just tell us uh, a bit more about uh, the study that you're working on and, uh, you know, some of the early findings? I think uh, I think it's really important that the whole ecosystem, as we collaborate, that we're really staying up to date on the latest data, because that can help us to take decisions and pivot and to, you know, navigate that ecosystem. So what are you seeing? What's the study looking at? Sure. So uh, A Force to Reckon With, which uh, was released in 2016, um, this was all focused on women entrepreneurs and their approach to risk. And so there's this notion uh, that women entrepreneurs are risk adverse which uh, is inaccurate. And so we felt that we were able to do some myth busting with our 11 (laughs) findings and 11 recommendations. I won't go through all of them here, but they are available um, widely for people to access. But, you know, what we did find is that women entrepreneurs in general tend to be more what we would call risk rational. So, you know, very comfortable making risk-related decisions for their business. Um, Often they wanted more information. And last I checked, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Do you want a little more info before you make a decision? And so this notion of, you know, taking a pause doesn't mean you're risk adverse. It means you're you're thinking. And, And we also found that women entrepreneurs uh, tend to be more holistic in their decision-making. So they're thinking about some of the things that Marissa highlighted, you know, how's this going to affect my family? How's it going to affect my employees? What's this going to mean for my community? So they're looking at it um, in a more holistic way. They uh, typically as well, and again, broadly speaking, recognizing that there are differences depending on the industry and whether you're startup or, you know, all those, those um, variables, but um, you know, uh, So they're comfortable making the risk-related decisions. They tend to be risk-rational. They take a more holistic approach, but also uh, typically are thinking more about sustainability and a longer-term approach for their business. So uh, obviously tech would be different, but again, broadly speaking, they're looking at staying in the game for a longer time as opposed to um, starting to exit immediately, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And absolutely. Uh, it gives me goosebumps. I love it. <laughs> and, and and it's really speaking to your experiences, hey? Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. I just think about the Marissa McTasney story. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's not unique though. You know, I mean no. really and, and as Janice said, broadly speaking, but women tend to have a holistic approach. And this is why supporting women entrepreneurs is so exciting to me because when you support a woman entrepreneur, you really do support a community mm-hmm. and it's that happens all around the world. So yes. it's very exciting to me when I think of the actual impact. And I know this isn't related to our directly to our um, research. This was just experiences that I had with working with some global organizations on women's entrepreneurship, the International Alliance for Women, and they do um, village banks. Mm -hmm. And for, uh, you know, $5,500, you could transform a whole community. And so women entrepreneurs would be supported through a village bank. And the stats, which, you know, I don't have exactly with me, but I can tell you they're in terms of the what goes back to the community. Uh, 
when you fund a women entrepreneur, it's, it's almost, you know, the full dollar <laughs> goes back. So there are very good reasons, not just in Canada, but globally to support women entrepreneurs, because frankly, it is transformative. Yeah. Now, we have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs listening in, men and women, Mm -hmm. and uh, it is International Women's Day. So I would love to hear from you, you know, some really concrete, um, concrete advice that you have for entrepreneurs out there, uh, especially women entrepreneurs, as they start and grow their businesses. You know, what do you wish you would have known when you started? And just generally, what what are your top pieces of advice for women entrepreneurs? Who's going first here? You go, Marissa. You're ready. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. I would um, absolutely say to the number of people that do not write a business plan that want to go into business is embarrassing. So everybody, please ensure that you have a business plan. Certainly um, do some market research and really know if the widget you want to bring to life is worthy of your time. The number one person you need to satisfy is your self as an entrepreneur. So doing a business plan and vetting your idea or product um, in the market is really advantageous. I have always pre-sold, so I've not put myself in jeopardy. So I think it's really important to take care of yourselves um, and stay the course. This is like building a house. So it's going to take twice as long and cost four times as much. And so when you're looking at raising money, ask for more than you need. Build in a plan E-F-G-H so that you have your contingency plan already available to you so that you're not in a crisis mode digging in and looking for a contingency, but you knew the crisis was going to happen and you're prepared for it. So those are, that's my advice right there in a nutshell. Amazing advice. I'll add a couple of thoughts along the line. So, um, so ask for help. Uh, that's number one. I think you don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to be an expert in every area of your business and uh, think bigger than you probably are. Um, 10 times it is, is really where I like to see things go because when you start to think bigger, you, you know, your whole plan is different. Um, and it gets you just thinking about possibilities in a, in a whole bigger way. And you'll structure things differently, I believe. Um, also get, um, you know, look around in your community for experts. Um, so yes, look for help, but look for real experts that can, uh, that you can tap into. And I'm a big believer in paying for quality help. And mm. I know that's hard sometimes for people when they're counting their every penny, um, thinking that you know, they'd rather not spend the money. But I think um, making those decisions up front can save you a lot of time, energy and money later on. So to think really strategically about your business and um, obviously focus on your customers. <laughs> I'm surprised at um, uh, how that doesn't always happen. <laughs> you know, without your customers, you're not in business. So you really need to nurture and care for your customers. So I could go on and on, but those are three things that um, I think are important. Well, and I guess I should say one more. So yes, focus on your customers, but also hire the best people. Mm. 
uh, the people are everything, you know, they're your brand. They're taking your baby and bringing it to life. And um, when you're not there because you can't be there every day, every moment to answer every phone call or email, they're the ones that are taking your vision forward. So um, be picky. And um, if I bring it back to where Mm -hmm. Marissa started around values, I would say ensure that you also are conveying those values really clearly and effectively to the team because especially those first early hires, they're shaping your culture. And so you want to make sure that that culture that they are shaping is one that actually reflects what you believe in and the values of your company, because that's what it's getting built on. So um, taking a picky approach to the people, (laughs) um, in my experience, it's always been worthwhile. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, uh, really practically once more, um, you know, there's a lot of resources out there for women to start up. Um, whether through Startup Canada or Futurepreneur Canada, joining a chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, what, Grow what, your biz. There's so all many WPO and all of it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, what what programs have the two of you participated in that you thought, hey, you know, I would definitely recommend that. So if you have anywhere where you can direct some of our listeners mm-hmm. uh, to say, hey, this is a resource, check it sure. out. Well, for me, as you know, I'm uh, very involved also with Futurepreneur and um, so I see the uh, importance of, well, first of all, they have an amazing business plan tool on the website. So Marissa, there's no excuse, <laughs> right? People yes, can get that's that done. Correct. It's Go an amazing the- tool. Yeah. It is. Go to the Futurepreneur website for that. And of course, they match mentorship and money. So, you know, the wonderful resources for uh, entrepreneurs in general, 18 to 39 is what that segment um, addresses and, and so many value. And, you know, BTC, I think, is another great resource. Their website is tremendous and has lots of information to answer so many questions that you may have about business and what to do. And um, I could go on and on, but I, I'll mention one more. Um, our trade commissioners do an amazing job. Right I had on. the yeah. um, good fortune of going on a um, all women trade um, to trade mission, pardon me, to Brazil and was the first one that had been there, all women. And it was a really remarkable opportunity. And kind of expertise that is available to Canadian uh, businesses is tremendous. So, um, you know, again, on the ask for help, if you're thinking about exporting, um, you know, connect with the knowledgeable people that really want to help you grow and export. Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you don't even know where to start and you don't know how to connect with um, Futurepreneur or BDC or Trade Commissioner Services, all you have to do is reach out to hello at startupcan.ca and we'll definitely connect to you. Uh, it's a connected and collaborative ecosystem. So never, never get bogged down by the search. It's, you're just one click away with hello at startupcan.ca. I love that. That's perfect. Absolutely. Marissa, you know, what are some of the top, you know, resources that you've seen? Hey, this was really awesome. It helped my company. Well, I was going to say Startup Canada um, for a couple of reasons, not just because you're on the phone, Victoria, (laughs) but really what you've been able to to do, collaborating with all the communities across the country has really been phenomenal. And even in my own community as Startup Durham, We have 26 entrepreneurial partners. And so when we have an event now, we are all coming together. And the network that I have been introduced to, even in my own startup Durham community since last summer, we were approved in September. It's been phenomenal. It's been people I never would have known 
um, that I could engage with, um, including I'm now a spark angel, which is amazing. Wow. I've now tapped into the angel network. So and so the work you're doing, the collaboration, it's, it's bar none. And I'm always so proud of you. And I think everything you're doing is so phenomenal. And I think you're just a phenomenal resource. So I'm going to end it there, Victoria. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Marissa. We'll take it for sure. Um, well, you know, as we continue the, the advancement of women entrepreneurship in Canada, I'm so proud that, you know, through Marissa's inspiration to establish the Women's Ambassador for Startup Canada, that we're able to institutionalize it as an important piece of our program here, uh, here with our grassroots network. So a huge thank you to Marissa for all of her contributions, all of your contributions, Marissa, over the last year. This is not the end. This is the beginning of the next phase of our partnership together. And Janice, a huge welcome to the Startup Canada team. Ladies, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And listeners, thank you so much. We'll resume our regular schedule next week with our host, Rivers Corbett. Have a great day, everybody. 